0: And we are back, Devils on the Rush, episode 29. Just like the Devils, we are back from uh, an extended period of time here. I think we thought we were going to get a couple more episodes in, but we didn't. Uh, I think we wanted to see how the series played out, and I'm glad we did, Alex. Uh, First two games were brutal, but the following two have been nothing short of spectacular from a rookie goaltender and a young team learning to, to play in the playoffs. What what, what what have you seen so far, Alex?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, the last two games have been, I guess, basically total 180 for the first two games. The um, you know, Devils couldn't stop much of anything uh, in games one and two, especially on the power play. Uh, Rangers' power play killed them, but they made the right adjustments. Um especially on the penalty kill, looked really good in the last two games and didn't allow a power play goal. Five-on-five five defense was fantastic as well. Um, so it was a big improvement from what we saw to start the series. And here we are now. It's just uh, we're back to where we started, and we got a best of three uh, to close out the series.
0: I mean, if I always thought the series was going to be close, and probably 2-2 was probably – Uh, what i thought it was going to be after four games but i did not think we were going to take the avenue that we took to get here uh giving up i mean no one's held serve at home yet which is kind of crazy i mean maybe we expected that um but first of all shout out to devil's fans uh did a fantastic job packing the place um both both home games um You know, obviously, I think towards the end of the game, uh, a lot of you were dejected, just like myself, and maybe the Rangers fans uh, did get a cheer in here and there. But uh, throughout that game, uh, they were loud, they were proud, and they weren't silent, uh, unlike uh, last night at the Garden, where you could hear a goddamn pin drop. Even when the Devils were losing, they were still loud and cheering. So shout out to Devils fans.
1: Yeah, it was a pretty good effort from Devils fans for sure. Um, I mean, I even heard quite a few cheers at MSG when the Devils were scoring goals. Um, yeah, it was it got loud when Dougie scored the, the game winner in Game Three, and then even well, that was these, a sexy ass goal anyway. Yeah, I mean, but even Seaganshaller's <laughs> goal last night too. You heard some cheers there. So some obviously not what it's like when the Rangers fans come to Prudential Center, but. I mean, I even saw the red in, from the TV. I saw, you know, a, good, a decent amount of red in the crowd at Madison Square Garden, too. So, Devils fans showing up to MSG as well.
0: So, should we get in get into the first game of the series?
1: Uh, yeah, if we have to.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, um, it wasn't pretty. Uh, they did not come ready to play. Um, they looked inexperienced. Uh, they got completely outplayed. They looked um, hesitant. They look confused. Um, I mean, I'm sure I can keep going on and on with a list of adjectives as to how they played, um, but the, it, it was it was classic deer in the headlights, if you will. Um, you know, it was not the pa- penalty kill we've come accustomed to. Being fourth ranked in the in the NHL at the end of the season, they got uh, just poor positioning, um, and, and you kind of feel for VTech, because it. I don't. I don't think it was V. So much VTEX fault as it was the team in front of them.
1: Yeah, I pretty much agree with that. Um, yeah, you know, I think the thing is in that game is they definitely looked tentative to start. Um, it looked like it was a young team playing their first playoff game in five years. Um, you did just, that first power play was pretty noticeable. They just the puck movement was stagnant. Um, it kind of. I don't even like
0: think there a, was puck, puck movement.
1: <laughs> yeah, whatever puck movement there was, it wasn't much of it. Um, and that kind of continued for the rest of the game. Their power play looked awful for, uh, in game one. Um, and, yeah, I think Vanacek, you know, it wasn't his fault that they were they lost that game the way it did. But, but he also
0: wasn't he, making that game-breaking save. Yeah, he I know, wasn't doing
1: himself any favors either. Like, that first goal Tarasenko scored, you got to stop that. And then I don't remember which goal it was. There was two goals in that game.
0: The, the Lingren goal. You can't give up short yeah, side. Yeah, that was can't it. give up short side
1: yeah so um he definitely wasn't helping himself out um but they also like you said the team didn't play well in front of him and that was kind of one of the biggest difference between the prudential center and madison square garden games as the team played a lot better in front of akira schmid
0: yeah 100 percent. a lot more energy um and you know we'll, we'll get into it in a little bit but it, you know once the team finally found their sea legs um it, it was it was a completely different series um I think one thing to note from the first game, I think it was very important that Jack scored on that shootout um, for a multitude of reasons. A, the Devils didn't get shut out, which is always huge and for a confidence booster, even though they got blown out 5-1. Not to get shut out at home is is huge. Um, but also, I think it gave Jack a lot of confidence. It got him on the board, got the monkey off his back early, got the first point, first goal of his NHL playoff career, as well as it also gave him confidence against Shosturkin. He is now second in the league, or second all time, in goals against Shosturkin. Yeah.
1: I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty – well – he does always play well against the Rangers. Um, so, so
0: he's he and and it's behind and it's behind uh, Jake the Great, Jake the Snake, uh, out in Pittsburgh.
1: Mm, interesting. Jake Gensel. Yeah, Gensel is so, a better Rangers um,
0: And that's not my stat attack for this week. So buckle up, guys. I came prepared. Um, so you know, I, I think it was huge for him because if we remember when Jack took the penalty shot. At MSG, he did not score, so I think it was it was huge, and and look what it led to last night, uh, another breakaway on Shusterkin and and from you know a goal with ease, really.
1: Yeah, um, I mean that play by Siegenthaler. I know he said he didn't do it intentionally, and I believe him. I think he was just trying to clear the puck, and Jack recognized it, like Bryce was saying um, during intermission, like Jack recognized where the puck was going, so he just kind of broke loose. But uh, Siegenthaler made a great play to retrieve the puck and then clear it off the blue paint. And Jack did the rest um, with just kind of faked out and He had no chance of saving that one.
0: Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, Anything you want to add from, from the first game?
1: No, I mean you know everyone knows that Chris Kreider was getting whatever he wanted in front of the power play uh, or in front of the net on the power play, and he's so
0: good at deflecting pucks.
1: Yeah, and that was this thing in game two as well. I mean that was it was game two was basically a repeat of game one. So, um,
0: except the Devils scored first. Yes, and scored on the power play.
1: It's true. I was like, oh, we
0: scoring. I was at the game. uh, Electric atmosphere. Had a few run-in with some Devils fans that really just need to handle their alcohol better. Um, We won't get into that. Popper Fisherman was not a pleased uh, individual that game, but we won't get into that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, place was electric. Place was bumping, loud cheering, loud chants, um, and, 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 and the roof blew up when they scored the first goal, right? We're like, all right, we're back in this. Let's do this. And then the second period came. And boy, did the second period come, and it came hard uh, and fast. And that's what she said. But it was, um, it was just disappointing, right? I mean, you had two Kreider goals, you had the Tarasenko goal, and you're like, all right, here we go again. And then you know, old man Kane gets the gets the charity goal in the third period, and you're like, fuck, the series is over. Walking out of that, walking out of the rock, pretty dejected, but. You know what? Um, the devils devils had other plans.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, game two, like I said, basically a repeated game one. I mean, Miles Wood takes the bad offensive zone penalty to at one one. I mean, just well, yeah. Let's we.
0: That's the other thing we need to get into. Lindy Ruff's game two adjustments.
1: They were not good <laughs> what, adjustments. <laughs> what
0: was he thinking? Putting in <laughs> Brendan Smith, keeping Miles Wood like oh, and benching Siegenthaler. Not even I mean,
1: keeping Miles Wood. Geez. He promoted Miles Wood to the third line. Um, and it was just—I mean, we all saw him in the line. Talk
0: lineup about failing up upward, right? That's yeah, always yeah, a big seriously. corporate term, but he—he he failed upward in that sense.
1: And like he had done nothing to deserve that promotion based on game one because he took the bad offensive zone penalty in game one that led to a Rangers power play goal as well. I think that one was made it two nothing in the Rangers the first game. This time, yeah. I mean, I think he
0: tripped Panarin on that one, right? It was—it was the in Panarin trip, yeah, below the red line.
1: Yeah, and then I think in game two, it was on Adam Fox, I want to say, in the offensive zone, when Fox was trying to break the puck out. And at that point, that game was 1-1. So, like, the Devils, okay, they gave up a goal, but it wasn't teetering on, like, okay, well, blowout status here. And after that, the Rangers score on the ensuing power play, and they didn't look back. It was a demolition derby after that.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, you could... Almost like live with his penalties if he actually did something else, like on the ice, like remotely did anything good, Um, like a Draymond Green almost. Like, you know, the Warriors live with his antics because they know the defense he brings and and the leadership and and continuity he brings to the Warriors. But I mean, Miles Wood doesn't bring anything, like nothing at all.
1: On top of that penalty, he finished with like an expected goals percentage of like two point one percent in game two. He even after the penalty, rough brought. And him for back our fans,
0: what's a good expected goals? What uh, what's like at league average?
1: Fifty. You want to be around like the fifty percent mark. So okay, yeah, two percent. So that he was he was forty
0: eight percent short.
1: Yeah, he was bad. He was really bad. Like the okay. just bled chances when he was. on. Could game. have
0: had a better expected goals if he was in the locker room.
1: Honestly, yeah. I mean yeah two yep. percent i mean it's not far off from that so mm-hmm. um and then like i remember rough brought him back like after the penalty, he got benched for a little bit, and then Ruff brought him back. And R- Wood tried to like make a pass to so one of the Devils' defensemen at the point. I forget who it was. In the path. he just, like, just went
0: completely out of the zone. And, I'm he like, so I then- I screamed. I was like, Why is he on the ice? Yeah. If,
1: he, if Ruff had kept, like, if Ruff had kept him in for Game Three, I think there would have been literal riots. Like, there was just no reason to keep him in at that point. And I think now with that how games three and four went and the devil's discipline starting to get a little better as uh, the series goes on. I don't think we're going to see miles wood in a devil's Jersey. Again. Do you think Even we
0: could have gotten win. 60 wins if, if Lindy came to this re- revelation sooner?
1: I don't think it would have made that much difference, <laughs> but um yeah, I mean, it took long enough honestly. Like we all saw it during the regular season. It's not like it came out of nowhere. Like Miles struggled. All he's not the same player after the hip surgery. Like he's definitely lost And it sucks, time. right? Cuz he
0: yeah. he did he have some player, really good exactly. years. He
1: was a good player before the hip injury. He
0: was so. like he was he, I would say he was one of the better four, fourth liners in the league.
1: Yeah.
0: Um led the Devils in scoring one year, uh goals, not points. Um and and ever since that that's a tough surgery to come back from but i mean it's not like he's lost his speed cuz he still has his speed it's just like he's lost his edge his mentality
1: step. I don't think he's as fast as he was before the the surgery i think he's definitely slower if uh, his skating is definitely not is a little worse than it was for sure
0: okay that's fair i'll give you that but it's not like he's like stuck in the sand
1: no yeah i agree with that but the, like the thing is like he was like, you know, his top line speed before that, the hip surgery was that was just kind of like his thing. And he doesn't have that step anymore. He has to adjust his game to play more of like a grittier style because he doesn't have the, the speed that yeah. he had before the surgery for sure.
0: I guess he's just gonna have to work on standing up.
1: <laughs> that, I mean, among that, the discipline if thing, like you can't. You can't take penalties, like, as often. And it's not like the penalties were just came out of nowhere during the playoffs. I mean, they've been an issue with him, you know, for quite some time. Um, so, yeah, Ruff obviously made the right decision to bench him for game three. Um, like-
0: and Brandon Smith. I mean, Brandon Smith took a penalty three minutes into the game.
1: Yeah, but in fairness to Brandon Smith, I thought that was kind of a questionable call. Like, Miles Woods' penalty was a no-doubter. Um
0: Fair, but he also was, like, he took a roughing call, like, away from the play.
1: Um, yeah, that's never great. Um, so I guess that's true, but Miles, I mean,
0: probably, regardless if you think it's questionable or not, like you don't need to be in that situation to set the tone. Yeah. You're like no, away from the play. That.
1: Yeah. So that, that's definitely true. I'll give you that for sure. Um, so, but I think Miles is like Brendan Smith is like a capable, player like if you want to put him the the issue I have with Brandon Smith is that Siegenthaler was the one who came out which you know we'll get into game four in a little bit here but I mean my god why, why was Siegenthaler ever a healthy scratch to begin with um but um yeah I mean the miles, I'm, I don't want to say would cost them the game, but like you could definitely make an argument for it because his penalty led to 2-1 Rangers power play goal. And you kind of just like felt like after that, that, like the devil's kind of just like the life kind of zapped out of them. You,
0: you felt so the he, air leave the balloon. You felt yeah, the air leave the balloon.
1: It definitely had a significant impact on the way. the rest And, of the
0: and I can tell you from being in the building, it, it, there definitely was a like, oh, fuck, here we go again type of thing with, you know, yeah. he's in there. And then they scored like right away. Like, it wasn't even, like, it was, like, right away.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then you, like, even just, like, watching it on TV, you could kind of, like, feel it like that, too, so. Well,
0: even especially after Jack's comments, right? Jack's, like, yeah, "Yeah, don't take dumb penalties. What do we do? Dumb penalties.
1: Yeah. Did Jack say that after game one or game two?
0: I don't know, but someone definitely mentioned dumb penalties in yeah. game 1 too. Yeah. But I mean, they took after like taking dumb penalties in game 1, then you take seven penalties in game 2? Seven? Granted okay. maybe they shouldn't have all been called, but seven?
1: Yeah, I think a couple were con- coincidental too because in uh, oh, wait, in game 2 are you talking about?
0: Well, I guess that's true um because of
1: uh Yeah, cuz the Rangers didn't What have happened at the? end, ways, Right?
0: No, but I'm looking at the stats. They were two for seven, and the Devils oh, were okay. one I for four. Were, so,
1: yeah, I, was, I guess they did take seven penalties. But, yeah, yeah. as you see – like co- the-
0: Coincidentals the- don't get put on that tally, right. I don't Yeah, that's think.
1: right. That's right. Um, well, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, seven. It has gotten better. I think the, the officiating in all playoff series has been – Questionable. I mean, we saw with what happened with Minnesota and Dallas the other night with Marcus Foligno. I thought those were two crap calls on him.
0: And then you see the bundled call in the uh, Kings Oilers series as well with the high non high stick being called.
1: Yeah, and then Kale mccarr's penalty shouldn't have gotten reduced to two minute minor. It should have stayed as a five minute major, which is obvious because now he's suspended for a game. Um, so and um, been all over the place. In the oh, and tournament.
0: then the, I well, what, what were your thoughts on the on the high stick in OT with the
1: Islanders? Um so I saw someone Rupp, s-
0: Rupp, Rupp said he didn't think it was a penalty.
1: Yeah, I mean I thought it was. I mean clearly it was at Sebastian's um Islanders Sebastian Aho got high sticked, right, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: and then it led to the Carolina break.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a penalty. Um you know, I don't know what the reason what was Rupp's reasoning for it. Because I didn't think he said because it. it
0: was it was he actually lifted the guy's stick into him so the right. so aho created the contact with his own motion
1: so maybe that's what the ref saw too so if that's the case maybe i mean the ref had great positioning yeah he was right there yeah yeah
0: so yeah. I, don't, I don't know I, yeah, so like the officiating, I don't get paid i don't get paid enough to make those calls
1: yes yeah, so like the officiating in game three of the, the rangers devils game was a little suspect both ways too I oh thought. my
0: goodness that graves call on kane yeah that was that terrible. was
1: yeah, that, that, was was, really, but that was atrocious. Not a cross yeah.
0: And um, then um and then I think there was a call on Timo that was very soft. Um and and then then what led to their goal. The the non slash that they missed on Palat, like three slashes in a row.
1: Yeah, it was the first slash on Zibanejad that I thought was pretty obvious. Um the second one not so much. I thought it was the first one where like he well,
0: 100%, but even the run. second one, they, they called that all season.
1: Yeah, and uh, Ruff was furious um, after that. I almost saw we were
0: having a Robbie Fetoric moment there.
1: Yeah, he uh, – you know, Ruff doesn't usually get, like, too animated but, on the bench.
0: But he, but, but he, does, he does the wave.
1: Yeah, he does the wave. Oh, yeah, fuck, fuck that. Fuck yeah, that. For he all our listeners, I'm, I'm doing
0: the I'm doing the Ruff wave.
1: Yeah, he was doing that after that. Um, and you heard the whole bench yell, too. Um, but, like, it doesn't yeah. matter in the end because the devil's – salvage they won the game. Yeah, so. yeah salvaged it. dougie stole that mm. yeah so i guess and we get into swagger
0: three. skate yeah let's get the game three right. yeah listen game one game two summary they weren't ready they were scared bad.
1: Penalty bell, headlights. And yeah. struggle. there you go
0: listen just getting their sea legs but then but then game three at the garden Schmido in net Whew, set the stage alex
1: yeah, so Akira Schmid uh, making his first career playoff start, uh, or at least first playoff start in the NHL, which and you know no no easy task. Madison Square Garden. You're asking a 22 year old rookie netminder um, to make his first NHL playoff start there. Um, a lot of pressure on him. Um, and I think the most amazing part of um, I, I I need my glasses. Are you show me the Islanders and Kane score.
0: Yeah, two nothing Isles.
1: Yeah, I got it on my TV here. It's on mute. I see the okay. scores two nothing. Right. So I see the little, little glare back there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so fans who are listening to this getting live updates of the hurricanes and uh Islanders game five, I believe, right? So um but yeah, back to Schmid in game three. Um yeah, I mean that's a that's not an easy thing to ask of a, a goaltender and you know I think the like I was gonna say before, like the most Surprising thing about it is, after the game was over, I think it was Erica who was interviewing him. He said he was really nervous, and um, you, you watch him play, and you're like, "Well, this, that's really nervous." Then, like, well, it was funny we-
0: because even in the in the post game presser when he and at, at the media scrum. Uh, someone asked him, were you nervous? And he goes, yes. And they go, I'd hate to see what, <laughs> I'd hate to see what, uh, you know, what calm is like if that was nervous for you. Well,
1: that's what people were saying. Cause I quote, so like I was watching the post game live and I tweeted that out and like people were replying to me like, well, if that's nervous, then what is relaxed for this guy? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Asleep, apparently.
1: Uh, yeah, seriously. And you know, it's funny too, cause um, when we had Ryan Novosinski on to do the preview podcast.
0: For, Shout out to uh, Novos. Oh, thank you Novo great yeah. great uh great pod there if uh, ha- anyone hasn't listened and still wants to get a preview of a series that's already halfway done <laughs> please please check out the Novo, previous yeah, episode please.
1: whatever we'll take more listeners we don't care but um, <laughs> um yeah even Novo said like Schmid's like the coolest like most laid-back guy he's been around I'm just gonna um, call
0: him cucumber from now on because yeah, I mean he is, he is, he is cool, as cool as a, as a cu- cucumber yeah
1: he is as cool as a cucumber um He was fantastic in Game Three. Um, The Rangers, like they got five power plays in that game, which is where they generated more most of their off. Not and some pretty
0: high, pretty high danger chances from Mika right in the slot. Um, I I remember, yeah, yeah, on the power play where he where he stood tall.
1: Yeah, there was um the one one timer I think that Zabanajad had in the bumper that Schmid made a very confident save on. Um, and I even though I thought the Rangers or the Devils penalty kill did a better job in that game of like putting more pressure on Fox on the uh, who's quarterbacking the power play because it wasn't as easy for them to get shots through traffic for Kreider to redirect, which is, I think, a big reason why they didn't score goals. But Schmied also played his part. I think he made six saves on the penalty kill of that game. And that's where the Rangers got most of their offense uh, in Game 3 because they weren't really able to generate much of anything on 5-5. Five and five. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that was crazy. And you kind of like – I guess, yeah, you can say the series flipped there because we're back at 2-2. I mean – yeah, that's a ballsy decision by Ruff and everyone. Ruff said it was a, a group decision between Brodeur, Tom Fitzgerald, and the front office to start Schmied and
0: That wasn't Ruff's decision.
1: I I think it was collective. I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't think anyone forced him to play Schmieda. I don't or, think anyone
0: forced him, but I think Fitz was like, you got to play though.
1: I think Brodeur was probably the one who's batting most because it, what was interesting to me is Ruff said the part of the reason they decided to go with Schmidt the puck playing ability that he has. It's, it helps on the defense, and if there's anyone that there's a goalie that knows a thing or two about playing the puck, it's Brodor. So I'm sure that's had- that's
0: completely fair. And you know, what's funny is the clown on the New York Rangers post game yesterday said, you Power
1: know,
0: cat. yeah. Did you yeah. see this clip?
1: Yeah, I saw it. It was going around Twitter. Pretty I often. mean,
0: this clown goes, oh, well, we don't know if this guy can play the puck. And the major reason that is quoted from Marty Broder, the reason that he did play is because he could play the puck. It's like, shut the hell up, dude. I mean, you could just see Lundqvist crawling I, in his I, chair. That's what I said
1: to someone. I was like, you could see Lundqvist looking at him like, oh, God, here we go again. And then even John Giannone was like, well, we at least know he can stop the puck. So Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was an incredible performance. I mean, this kid, I don't know if he's going to I mean, it sure looks like he can win the series for the Devils. I don't know if he will end up doing it, but I mean, his future with this organization, uh, I think he's kind of like cemented his club place legend there.
0: at this point. I mean, he would have to yeah, I don't know, he would have to
1: Yeah, I think kill he's kinda cemented firstborn. his born. I think he, yeah, something <laughs> like that. I think he's kind of like cemented his place as uh in the NHL roster for next season already. Because we know Blackwood, it's over. Well, I
0: mean, you also have to give credit to to the staff for, for leaving Blackwood at home, right? I yeah. mean, I think that was a major concern of us going into the series. Like, what are we going to do? Because I think we all in the back of our mind were like, if VTech has a bad game, we've seen a bad game from VTech. We've seen VTech at great and we've seen VTech at bad. We don't know what we're going to get in the playoffs. Unfortunately, we didn't get the great VTech. Um, so, you know. Not having Blackwood there, and, and I think the team probably was like, You got to put Schmiedo in. Yeah, well, um,
1: the funny thing is, someone mentioned this in Todd Cordell's Discord this afternoon because we were talking about it. I forget who it was, but they were like, Imagine if Blackwood hadn't stunk in that regular season finale against the Caps, and he was the backup for the series. And we don't know.
0: win those games,
1: yeah. So, like, it's actually that regular season finale, like Blackwood stinking it up, and Schmied coming in and going 20 for 20. <laughs> Uh, like, in hindsight, it's 20, 20 of course, but, like, uh, no pun intended with the 20 saves there. But, um, yeah, I mean, of course, like, if he doesn't stink in that game, Blackwood, I don't think we get this little, you know, run by Schmid here. So, like... Uh, this little guess, renaissance? Yeah, it's like a little bit of a fate kind of thing, and he's kind of cemented his place as a star. I mean, you can't go back to him for this, uh, to vtech for this series, at least. You reassess if you win, but... Um, even if he has two. a
0: bad game in Game Five, even if he gives up three or four goals in Game Five, you still go back to him in Game Six. In my yeah. opinion,
1: and then, yeah, exactly. I think you go back. He's your guy for the rest of the series, and then you know, I think you you obviously if you advance, he starts in the series against Carolina. You just play it game by game here, but uh, he's been a he's changed the series not single handedly, but he's had a significant factor in changing the series, I and mean, he's just been fantastic. Uh,
0: uh, another guy that has changed the series and, and basically put all the offense on his back, Jack Hughes. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't think there's a better skater on both sides that's shown up for the series. I know Kreider has more goals, but from pace of play impact on play, I I don't think there's anyone more important than Jack Hughes.
1: Yeah. I mean, like Mike Moriel and like a bunch of other writers were saying when uh, in game three, when Hughes started getting booed by the Rangers fans, like, Oh, that's how you know you've arrived. Um, you're, you're a 21 I
0: mean, year old getting booed,
1: yeah, by your biggest rival. At think the about Garden. that.
0: That is that's yeah. like that's like messy shit.
1: Yeah, it seriously is. Um, so he's been really, really good, and like you know, I think there was the thing before the playoffs. Like people were like, just kind of like, well, is he going to be ready for playoff hockey? He's a smaller guy. He's only like five ten, you know, 185 pounds or five eleven, um, 185. Five pounds or something like that so um, dripping
0: wet, dude he is not 185 pounds yeah
1: and but he's throwing the body around so like he's not <laughs> he he's,
0: did he's, throw like, a couple checks i think he threw one on mika and then he threw one on trocheck last game
1: yeah and to like you know he's like sealing off players on the rush too. like to break up rush attacks too it's like whoa. And,
0: and shout out to jasper because i've seen jasper throw a couple hips too
1: yeah no I, so like these smaller guys have not had an issue with playoff hockey like to this point um and i think the funny thing is too is like you know the whole narrative before the series was uh this is a grizzled veteran rangers team that plays a heavy game and they're just going to go in there and bully the range or the devils and i know the scores in the first two games were 5-1 and 5-1 but it's not like they were like physically imposing their will on the devils um, and then, like e- games three and four, like hits were like basically equal. Um, they're they're not playing like a physical punishing game that like,
0: basically doesn't... equal. The Devils out hit the Rangers thirty one twenty three in game three, and then in game four. The Devils, uh, it was even 21-24. Yeah, so I mean, pretty
1: close. So like a little slight edge to the Devils. But if
0: anyone was them. imposing any will, I thought the Devils imposed their will in Game 4. Uh, out, yeah. of any game. out of any game, I thought they just locked them down.
1: I mean, even in Game 3, I thought at 5-on-5, five five, like the Rangers did absolutely nothing for the most part. And Game 4 was even better. I think I wrote it in my takeaways piece for Game 4 that I thought like that was one of the Devils' best efforts all season long. Um, and I think Todd... Cordell mentioned it in his takeaways post too, like the Devils uh defensemen. I guess they're skaters in general. It, you know
0: what it was? It was very similar to the Colorado game early in the season.
1: The Colorado game, and then the other one that sticks out to me was the game against Carolina towards the end of the season when they shut them out 3 0. Um, yeah. That was another one.
0: Well, I, I mean, to be mad. fair, you know, I thought the Devils that was their best game of the season because they had a lot of offensive opportunities and they just shut down the Canes too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that was probably their most complete game, that current uh, Hurricanes game. I think this Devils one. And V-Tech
0: played game. very well, too.
1: Yeah, that's why it's kind of disappointing to see that VTech didn't have it to start the playoffs. But, you know, it happens. Um, it,
0: it, he's a, he's, it's, it's a casualty of the situation. Yeah, it's it, a bit it's, of it it a mental re-
1: thing, too, because he struggled in the play- playoffs last year with Washington. So it's something, you know, the Devils have like a, a, a renowned sports psychologist. It's something to work on with him moving forward.
0: Now, the, the the other thing I wanted to point out, and another player that drew in for Game 3 um, that did not play in the first two games and and is, from all accounts, going through it personally with the situation that he he's had to endure since the trade, shout out to Curtis Lazar um, to come in off what was, from all accounts, a, a pretty nasty uh, knee injury that kept him out um, after playing one or two games for so the Devils since coming over from Vancouver, being away from his wife who w- w- is pregnant, still pregnant. What I I, I, yeah, I, I don't know don't, what the update is there either. I don't know what the update is, but she did go into labor. Then it was a false account, and he's not there for this entire thing. Is yeah, must be heart wrenching for him um, to come in and play the way he did. Uh, ha- hats off to him. I thought he um, you know he only played nine forty eight in game three, but his impact was definitely felt.
1: Yeah, I thought he actually – he did struggle at 5-on-5, but where he made a big difference in game three he was on the penalty kill um, for sure. I thought he, he gave some really good minutes there. And he only – he played less in game four. He played like five minutes, but he, had, he threw a couple of hits. He had like – I think – what was it? Like an expected goals percentage around 89%. He got a shot, yeah, on, a shot goal. on goal. Yeah, shot on goal. Yeah,
0: I mean, listen, like that's what – this is what that's you what wanted you need, from what yeah. – Yes, what you exactly. wanted from Wood? Yeah. What you wanted from Wood? Nothing more, nothing less. This guy can penalty kill for you, and he can play center. Done. It, it, yeah. It's over.
1: And the thing is with Lazard, too. Like I thought, the penalty that was called on him in Game Four was also questionable. Like it was soft.
0: He got caught on a on a long shift. Um, yeah.
1: So I don't really crazy. hold that penalty against him. Like Brendan Smith too. I don't. That's just kind of like a tough call um, at that point of the game, especially. But yeah, he gave good minutes in Game Four. You know, there's no, I, I mean, his minutes are always going to be limited just because of the role he plays. He's never going to play more than like five to ten minutes a game. It really depends on the situation. But he plays hard. He plays yeah, he hard play and hard. he plays
0: smart. For the most part, he plays smart hockey too.
1: Yeah. He's a veteran. He's been around. He knows he was with Boston. Played for right? the Bruins last year. Yeah. Yeah. That's he's, how he's him been. and Eric Hall, I think it was him and Hall's wife, or like his wife and Hall's wife are really good friends, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it sounds like, like from all accounts, everyone just loves the Hollas. Like yeah, the, Hollas the Hollas as a package so cool. yeah. are just are just yeah. phenomenal. So based that off that point, but yeah, he yeah, I think that's an, off-season. Yeah. that's an off season. That's an off season conversation, but you know, the the Hollas and the Tatars, I think, are big big uh, winners in the family community.
1: Yeah um so yeah back to like lazar um yeah i mean he was good he was he was good in game four um he i was surprised he didn't play any penalty game outlets in game four he just played at five on five um but i guess rough is comfortable bastion has been really good on the penalty kill he's bastion's got that games.
0: long stick that long yeah. stick up top and it really is really giving fox some fits
1: up there yeah he blocks shots he gets in shooting lanes um like you said with the long stick his reach has been a problem he gets you know he's good with puck retrievals on the penalty kill. he's like good, he's side, to side, yeah. he's yeah, good his, side to side for a
0: big boy he's good side to side for a big boy.
1: defensive game is always is really good at five on five and it's the same at the when, he's on, when the team is down a man, he's a really good penalty killer too, so Ruff feels comfortable there. And then you have your usuals, Dawson, Eric Hall, uh, uh, Nico killing penalties too. I think um, maybe Bocas gets in there once in a while as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, I like what Lazar is bringing. Uh, just don't be a liability. That's what we're, all we're really asking for you when you play, you know, your five to seven to nine minutes a game. And he did that in game four for sure. I thought in game three not so much, but in game four he was much better.
0: Yeah. Um, should we move on to game four?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Well, I, I, before we do, I mean, game three, like, it's just like an overtime win in playoffs at the Garden to get your team back on track, and it's Dougie ringing it off the crossbar yeah. and in, like – I was going nuts. Mrs. I, Fisherman was asleep in bed next to me. Oh, I'm she, sure she woke wasn't up
1: asleep after that. Yeah. Oh, no,
0: no. She woke up not very pleased, <laughs> uh, very confused. There was like a very <laughs> like confused, like, why are you screaming look on her face. And then I pointed to the TV and then she walked to the bathroom. Um, <laughs> uh, just imagining
1: so, this in my head.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like it was. Uh, and then a buddy of mine FaceTimed me. And she's like, "Get that phone away from me right now!" Um, yeah. So, uh, luckily, she wasn't angry in the morning. But uh, That's good. At, at the t- at, at the, the time, time yes, I can understand at the, if she's asleep, t- especially. Yeah, at the time of uh, Dougie's uh, rebirth, um, very confused, angry looks. <laughs> um, but it was all outweighed by the pure joy that yeah, was I running mean, through my body. You have to let it
1: out, right? So.
0: Yeah, I felt we were in DC, I was in a hotel. Oh, that makes um, it even worse. Oh man. Yeah. There's nowhere
1: for her to hide in the hotel. So
0: Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't like, you know, go upstairs and, you know, <laughs> leave me alone type of thing. No. Um, but hey, listen, uh and uh you know, a little inside baseball here. Uh I did get a pedicure on uh Saturday. Uh, yep. I was
1: I was wondering if you were gonna tell this to the listeners because obviously i knew well beforehand this is getting out on the podcast but i wasn't sure if you were going to share or not
0: listen i got a pedicure i was desperate and <sighs> i told the lady uh let's go red and black let's go <laughs> red and black normally normally when i get the petty uh no color nothing just just taking care of the toe beans um but uh this time i was like listen we're desperate well we need something to turn this series around so uh the Fisherman went red and black on the toes, alternating.
1: Yeah, I can confirm this. I'm not obviously going to share it with anyone because you're a bunch. There are a bunch of fucking weirdos out there who want feet picks, and that's not happening. But um, yeah, I saw. Yeah, I can confirm he has done the red and black uh, toe beans for the, and mind you, they are two and zero since the red and toe, uh, the red and black toe beans. So there might be something to it.
0: Yeah. So uh, listeners, if you want to join along, please tweet your pictures back at us uh, if you feel comfortable. Um, And uh, let's move on to game four. (laughs) So game four. All right. First of all, come on. NHL.com. Can we get a new team picture for Anje Uh Like, come on! Why is he still in a Tampa jersey? We're in. This has been a full season. They really
1: oh, not right. have him in a Devils jersey in No, I'd I'd but they
0: got Trocheck in a Rangers jersey. I mean, this is
1: travesty. It seems like an oversight. This is this is atrocious.
0: Um, okay, Schmido standing tall. Siegenthaler with the waffle. Jack with the finish and the stare down. Shout out to Jack's stared out. That was cold.
1: That man is going to torture Rangers fans <laughs> for a very long time. Yes. He's yes, he is going to torture them for years. I think he's already torturing them. It's it was their fault. Worse.
0: They booed. It was their fault. They booed.
1: Going to get worse. He scored in game three and game four, taunted the fans in the corner in game three. Stared down like half the arena in game four after he scored. Uh, yeah, I mean, Rangers fans, you can keep booing him. He's just going to keep staring you down or taunting you or whatever. It's going to be rough for sure. I,
0: I hope he gets the start on Thursday just so that like the Devils fans can give him some love.
1: Yeah, I I like I see where you're coming from for like Ruff has clearly wanted to start the Heesher line. I think the Heisher line has started every game.
0: Yeah, um, no, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I'm I'm talking from a pure like theatrical yeah. no, I get standpoint what
1: you're saying too. I mean, he's gonna he's been playing great. Like even in the games that they lost, you know, I thought he was. I wouldn't be surprised if we get
0: a couple MVP chance on Thursday.
1: Yeah, he's gonna do. I think you know. I think Elliot Friedman was saying this on. I Can't remember if it was 32 thoughts of the Jeff Merrick show. It was one of them though, and he was saying that the team that scores like the first next. In one of these last three games, someone's going to score four or five goals, and that'll be like the team who wins the series. And I have a feeling if the Devil's going to do that, which it could be in game five, maybe, you never know, Jack's probably going to have a pretty big say in that. So,
0: well, I mean, listen, I know Panarin and Mika haven't scored, but at some point, Nico, Jesper, Timo, uh, you know, these guys, Palat, I know he got the empty netter, but uh, Mercer, Tatar, these guys are going to pop one. It's just law of averages, it's going to happen and it's going to and, and the floodgates will open. And now I don't know if the floodgates will open the other way and the game's 5-4 or 6-5, but at some point these boys will score.
1: Yeah, uh, Nico nearly got one, and after um, Siegenthaler scored in game four, his, and he was, you know, when he was tremendous save by Schuster. Yeah, yeah. That was a Tremendous,
0: save. tremendous save. I mean, yeah, the fact a- that didn't even go in at any point was yeah. just
1: unreal. Yeah, that was a ridiculous save. Um, so, um, you know, Nico's been playing really well. I don't have any issues, and Jasper Bratt was actually fantastic in game three little snake-bitten, but I'm pretty, he had two assists in that game, if I'm not mistaken. He
0: did, but he also had a couple opportunities to end he it.
1: Yeah, he could have ended the game before going to overtime, for sure. But And he, he could have ended
0: it in overtime, too. There was one where he's point-blank in front of the net and didn't get it.
1: Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but he did set up Dougie Hamilton's uh, game winner. So he kept he, going. Think, he
0: he yeah. he he played really well. Shout out yeah. to him. Two primary assists that night. Um, you know that that was Jesper's. That was Jesper's game.
1: Yeah. So um, game four is kind of similar to game three, except I thought the Devils' defensive game. They just the Rangers got nothing at five on five, even less than game three. Schmid didn't have to work as hard, so that was good. But he was still very good in that as well. Um, this is really like a complete game from the devils. Um, and they're starting to get chances on Chesterkin. They finished with 15 high high-danger chances in both game three and game four. So I do think at some point that one of these, these pucks got to start finding the back of the net a little more often, you would think, but you never know with the goalie of Chesterkin's caliber. So we'll see in game five. If that changes I think
0: those. defensively perfect. Like, yeah, it was a perfect game. Perfect. Defensively. I still think there's another gear or two to be found offensively like I haven't had a night where I'm like oh wow like they really got the cycle going they really got um the four like I mean listen uh a lot uh sorry game three and four I thought they established a really good four check I I think they did create some more havoc on the Rangers defense and made it tougher for them to get out of the zone but I'm talking offensive chances peppering Shisterka I mean we still haven't had have we have we broken 30 shots yet uh, no Devils yeah, haven't broken going. Devils haven't broken 30 shots uh this entire series and they I think on average was like 33 34 on the Something season like right eight. yeah so like we still haven't had that game where it's been true devil's hockey and just laying it thick from a shots perspective and and I expect that to come in five and six
1: yeah I do think the like the thing is like the Rangers have done a good job defensively, which I didn't think – I they
0: think were. they've played tremendously defensively. They've they really played. shut shut down this Devils team.
1: Yeah, at least – yeah, no, I agree with that. Like the Rangers – really the Devils have been – after game one – I think, one, that, I think four, the Rangers'
0: length has been giving the Devils fits. I mean like, just as much as the Devils' length has given Rangers fits. I think that – I mean every time I see Keandre Miller, I know he has a dumb mistake here and there, but watching him play hockey, he he's phenomenal player skater he he gives he he frightens me
1: yeah and yeah and lingren and fox you know they're obviously pretty good especially fox i mean he's probably a Nor, he could be a norris finalist um and
0: lingren's their seagenthaler
1: yeah exactly so um you know i think the both teams have done a good job of you know, forcing each other to go a little more east and west than they would like, in, um, especially in the well, Rangers. The Rangers
0: case. couldn't even go east and west last Well, yeah, game. that's
1: what I was so like. I was watching the highlights um, of the game on YouTube, and, you know, they use the national broadcast, of course, and Ray Ferraro was saying, like, um, the Devils or the Rangers just going east and west way too much. So there was not enough north and south in their game. I think that's because of the way the Devils played in the neutral zone, which is something Todd Cordell talked about in his takeaway post. too was like, the devils were really good with their sticks and like breaking up passing attempts or, um, you know, knocking the puck off. A lot of cross
0: zone passes. I noticed, especially on the penalty kill, were getting deflected. It just wasn't, it just wasn't a free for all. Like it was in game one and two.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think that's why the Rangers offense has kind of dried up. And that's why Panarin hasn't totaled. I think he's probably due, but he hasn't totaled a point since game one. He's been held off the score sheet. He had two points in game one and that's that since then. So um, you know, Jad has been quiet. I mean, he's Heischer line – not the Heischer line, but I should say Nico Heischer when he was out against um. Zibanejad. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Is that stat attack? Yeah, don't you dare. All oh, right, right. Okay, so John Marino also last night. So you
0: can go John Marino, yeah. yeah.
1: so John Marino went up against uh, Mika Jad last night and I think um, held like Jad to like a 28% expected goals percentage. Um, so like Marino has been giving him fits. Um, that's what you expect of Marino um, because – that's what he does. He's just a great this was, defender. This was
0: know. this was what was what did we have? Thirteen game winning streak. This was thirteen game winning streak. Marino.
1: Yeah, Marino's. Uh, he's. I thought he struggled the first two games of the series. Games three and especially game four, he was really fantastic.
0: Um, Similar with Graves. I mean, I mean, I know Graves struggled tremendously game one and two, but uh, he's he's definitely recovered.
1: Honestly, there isn't a Devils defenseman that's played poorly for me. Um, Kevin Ball was really, really good in Game Four. I love um, Ball. I yeah, love Ball. I Ball. He's been a revelation like the last what month and a half, two months uh, since he became. He's a really line. established
0: himself on that back end.
1: Yeah, and I uh, saw. So I thought for me, Severson, uh in the first two games of the series was fantastic. In games three and four, he just continued that, and I saw Ruff in his media scrum. That he had uh, you know, earlier this afternoon, he was like uh he he really liked Severson's game. He's uh, playing it safe, he's taken out of he's taking the risk out of his game in the playoffs, which I agree with. I think he's been you know, maybe with Dougie, he's probably been their best defenseman, you know, through the whole four games. Um so he's been great. I can't really like think it that's why like when I can understand why you would want to put Luke Hughes in because you you're not getting that much offense right now, but like you don't want to go eleven seven in the playoffs and there are six defensemen that they've been playing. have all been playing really well. So like, who do you take out of the lineup? Yeah, I just, I got, so yeah, two, one. Yeah. Two, one Island. There's second period, almost over like two minutes and 50 seconds here. Yeah.
0: I was on the power play.
1: Yep. Um, Should
0: we get into uh, our favorite, uh, favorite segments?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Also, I, I need to say it. Nico to Jonas, not the Swiss connection we want, but the Swiss connection we need.
1: <laughs> there you have it.
0: <laughs> All right, stat attack. We're on to
1: stat attack.
0: Now yes. that Alex already stole mine, I'm going first. Over the first three games of the series with Nico Hischier on the ice, the Devils have 17 high damage high danger chances, and the Rangers have three. The 85% ratio is the highest of any skater in the series. His eight individual high danger chances is tied with Kreider for the series lead. Basically, Nico is unbelievable. I mean, offensively, these stats, I mean, he doesn't have a goal, but he has a couple assists. He... But the, I think what what's going on notice is his his the other side of the puck how the defensively defense. sound has been unbelievable shutting down the other teams. I know he was he got uh, he was on the ice for a couple of the first um, power play goals for the Rangers in the first couple of games, but like we're just washing those away because th- th- those were just bad. But <laughs> outside of that, he's been phenomenal. He's the engine of this team. Um, and, and shout out to him.
1: Yeah, so, I, I mean, that's not what I was going to go with before, so I wasn't stealing your stat attack, but, um, so what I was going to say in, uh, for that last game, uh, in game four is, like, he went up against Panarin, Kane, Kreider, and Fox a lot, and his expected goals percentages, they varied from, like, eight, 80% to 100% against those four players in game four. Whenever they were on the ice against Nico Hecher, they couldn't generate anything, so, like, that speaks to what you were talking about as well, so... Yeah, his, that's why he, I'd, I'd be surprised if he wasn't a Selkie finalist. We all know Patrice Bergeron is winning the award this season. I think he'll be a finalist. When all I think
0: this on. series has really put him on the national map of like, oh, this guy's an unbelievable two-way center. Yeah, and if they even advance to a next next series, it's just going to continue that narrative. Oh,
1: yes. Uh, the further they keep advancing, I mean, yeah, that narrative will just keep growing and growing
0: yeah all right well let's enter the dungeon alex oh, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. i didn't give my stat attack yet you just that gave it oh okay was gonna let's go so, here we go uh, obviously i gotta go with something akira Schmid related here um two games he's given up two goals on 59 shots so obviously that's 57 saves he has a 966 save percentage and he's saved if i'm doing the math right here yes 3.74 goals above expected uh, I don't have it pulled up from money puck right now, but if you use their, um, stats, I'm pretty sure he's like top two or three in goal save above expected for the playoffs so far right there with Chesterkin. Now, maybe that means he's due to give up some goals, but we're talking a small, you know, we only got, they only need two more wins to advance the round. So to ask them to, to maybe get two more wins, uh, playing that way might not be unreasonable, but, um, yeah, he's been a difference maker and I just wanted to like emphasize how good he's been in these two games.
0: He's been unbelievable. Um, but we we, we kind of knew it, right? We saw it. We saw yeah, it. We saw it season. in the
1: regular season, but like, we weren't sure, like, could he do it in the playoffs, too? And he answered those questions very quickly.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Should we move into the dungeon? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Who are you throwing in the dungeon, Alex?
1: Yeah. So I, I, like, I don't want to throw Lindy Ruff in there because he's made great adjustments for games three and four. But, you know, I think he maybe cost them a little bit by adjusting with Brendan Smith and Miles Wood uh, for Game 2. I don't know how much of an impact it would have made if he'd taken those guys out of the lineup, but um, some poor personnel decisions in Game 2 I think cost them a little bit. Because I can't really think of... I don't... Vanacek doesn't deserve to be in the dungeon like it wasn't his fault that he played poorly. Actually, no. I'm taking... This is stupid of me. Why would I put Ruff there? I'm putting Miles Wood in the dungeon. Stop taking penalties low-hanging um, fruit bro yeah it is but yeah i, like, I, I think
0: mean, i think i think you'd almost have to put rough in retroactively if they lose this series in a seven game series
1: yeah i could see that um i that that's the reason yeah miles wood what are you doing man because uh-huh. then you're like
0: oh we needed that one game and we didn't get it and yeah it was because exactly of that would make coaching.
1: sense in that yeah that would make sense in that case so you know maybe next week if things come to that, then I'll do that. But yeah, Miles was in the dungeon this week. His penalties cost his teams pretty significantly in games one and two, and uh, you know, I think that's it for him in a Devils uniform. I don't think we're going to see him again, even if the Devils advance around, uh, keep advancing in the playoffs. I think that's it for him. I think he's done. Yeah, Uh,
0: I don't think he's coming back to this team, so adios, Miles. Um, I think he's also played his last game as a Devil. Um, Yeah. I'm throwing, and this might not be popular, but I'm going to throw Dawson Mercer in the dungeon.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, he has struggled.
0: Um, listen, I think he's the effort's there, no doubt. Um, but, you know, and, he, and he's done well on the 3-1, everyone, 3-1. Was that a power play goal, Alex?
1: Yeah, I believe so. I didn't see it happen, but I just looked, and it's 3-1 now. So. All right, well,
0: Islander's making a series of this. Um yeah, I I just need more from the offensively. Like he just looks a little bit disheveled. His passes aren't crisp. He's not generating any offense. Um I just need more from him, especially if I want him to be that top 6 winger that he's getting the minutes to be. Um just just really not seeing it from an offensive standpoint and I love the kid. He's one of my favorite players, but Right now, I'm, I'm just not getting the Dawson we saw that was on a on a crazy heat or 10 the season.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because Ruff ended game four with uh, Timo Meyer and Michael McLeod as Dawson and Mercer's linemates. So I'm kind of interested to see if that's something he sticks with um, for game five with Tatar, Heischer, and Brat being the top line, which is how the. I think they were on the ice, that trio, for the Siegenthaler goal. So uh, maybe. Meyer and Mercer and McLeod could have a little bit something going there we'll see in practice tomorrow
0: yeah uh, I don't think his line mate should matter I think he's just one of those players that I see that you plug and play and he you should consistently get what Dawson Mercer brings I don't think he's one of those players that needs someone to drive the play for him Um, but I'm just not seeing it out of him this this series yet and that's what I'm fingers crossed you know Game five, six, seven. Let let's see it.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: All right. Three stars of the week. I was getting worried that if we did a pod after the first two games, we wouldn't have anything for this. <laughs> yeah, segment.
1: But no, we definitely got some stuff now, that's
0: for sure. <laughs> Do you wanna kick us off with your third star?
1: Yeah, so um, I would I, honorable mention would me would be Siegenthaler, but third star, I'm gonna have to go with Nico Heesher. Um just because of the two-way play has been just so ridiculous. In game three, that line, the Heischer, brat and Meyer line really made a difference at five and five. They didn't have an answer for them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the captain is doing captain stuff through these first four games, especially in game three and four. Um, you know, you need a, someone who can play this, the hard defensive minutes up front, and sure is that guy, and he's been able to do it so far
0: yeah no i um i agree i mean Nico's actually going to be my honorable mention um because my third star is going to go to sir douglas hamilton uh you can't be a not a uh, three stars uh, at least somewhere for me uh this week with a, with a game winning goal in overtime that's uh, especially that's to save enough. the series right um You know, that's why you pay him the big bucks to score goals like that. And boy, has he scored plenty of OT winners for this team this year and none more important than the one from Saturday night. So for me, listen, I love Nico. What, you know, unbelievable assists, whatnot. But if you get a game winning goal in OT to turn the series around, you got to be one of my three stars for this week.
1: Yeah, that's definitely fair.
0: I, I but I, I I'm curious. I, I, I'm sure we probably have the same top two stars. I guess I'm just curious as to what order you have them in.
1: Yeah. So for me, number two is Jack. Um. Yeah. I see you giving me a look. But I think we're
0: reversed. I I, I just I just think Jack's been there the whole series, and that's no fault yeah. to Shmito, But Jack's yeah, been there right. the whole
1: series. Yes. Yeah, I think you obviously have arguments both ways for both players, but like Jack, he's been like their offensive like. There's just the five. And, I think it was Cam Charon who tweeted this afternoon. He was going through game three of the Rangers in Devils, and he's just like kind of amazed at how dominant Jack Hughes is with the puck on his stick and like how he won like a hard trophy, like a scoring title one day. He'd be surprised if that didn't happen. So he's been ridiculous. It's, through the first well, it's game. kind of
0: funny because remember, like when Steph Curry first came to the league and everyone's like oh just foul him hard just play him tough like and then you know it, you know he won't score and then like players would do that and try and do all that stuff and he still lights them up for 30 points a game and basically wins what Jack a couple times t- right now exactly that's that yeah. and this is my constant like parallels between that Warriors team and this Devils team um because I think Ruff, Ruff will get fired because he's Mark Jackson and then we'll have Steve, <laughs> Steve Kerr come in and uh, lead us to a championship but Outside of that parallel, you know, Jack is definitely, you know, very, very similar, like Steph Curry vibes, right? Like, like yeah, this guy that doesn't look like that. he yeah. doesn't look like he belongs as a professional athlete, but absolutely just freaking tears it up. So um for me, Shemitos too. Uh Shmido's come in. I think he's had he had a stellar game three, uh, game four. He was good. Uh he didn't have to be great, um, if we're being honest. He was good. Um, but Jack's been great in all games. Um, yeah,
1: just the it, thing for me is having Schmeed versus that. Like, I think he changed the series. He
0: turned this, yeah, no, he did. He did. He did. Yeah. But then you, you know, you didn't even include the defenseman that flipped know, the series I on know. its head either. So, you know, there goes your reasoning. Hey, so,
1: listen, uh, I, listen, I included Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes, and Schmidt. What is wrong with you?
0: <laughs> I'm just having some fun. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, I think we're all in the same ballpark with the players here. Um, and, there's constant themes, right? It's been the, this, these four players really that have have lifted the devils from the dead uh, Mm -hmm. and and got them across the finish line. And, you know, also another honorable mention to Jesper Uh, Mm -hmm. Jesper had,
1: you
0: know, Jesper has been playing fantastic. He's been driving play on Nico's wing. Uh, Obviously had a couple big assists in game three. So, uh, you know, I think those three to four or five players that they've been the difference. Now I think it's time for some of these other players to step up and, and provide some support. I agree. All right. Should we look at game five? Uh, I'm not looking at yeah. game six. We're only looking at game five. Let's yeah, just take it no, one game fair. at a time we, we,
1: here. I agree with that as well. Um, yeah. Game five for me, you know, obviously nobody's won uh, on home ice yet. Um, Someone's going to have to win on home ice. Eventually you would think I, I, I it would be surprising if no one did, but um, we'll see if, you know, it's a different, obviously the devil's going into this feeling good about themselves. schmid has been really good. Uh, the team defense has been fantastic. The last two games, the not much to change up here. You want to try to play the same way you did in game four, as much as you can, Um I think just do what you've been doing defensively and the Rangers are not going to be able to get anything at five on five, even in the first two games, they weren't getting that much at five on five. Um, They were getting most of their stuff on the power play and Vanacek was giving up some goals that he shouldn't have given up. Um, You know, keep Panarin and Zibanejad contained. And I really think you got a good chance of winning the series at six. Um, So we'll see what happens, but I do like the devil's chances heading into game five, uh, just because now things have kind of totally flipped and, You'd have to imagine the Rangers are a little deflated after taking two games, the first two games at Prudential Center, and then just blowing it at MSG. They could have put the Devils away with just one win, honestly, at MSG, and they couldn't do that. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what they look like that first ten minutes of Game Five. It'd probably tell you a lot about what their mentality is and uh, where their heads are at. Um, if they look sloppy and disorganized in the first uh, ten minutes, I think you know it could get at, it could be that that could be the game of the Devils score, like three, four, five goals.
0: Yeah, I mean listen, uh, I think game five is is gonna say it all. Um I, I think we're gonna get the Rangers best punch. Uh there's yeah, no I would offense think so about that. Yeah, go on call them out. There's too many veterans in that locker room to not, but even their best punch, I think the Devils are gonna gonna bring their best punch. They still haven't played their best hockey yet. They've played yeah. two good games. Like they've gotten back into the series because they found their feet. Imagine if they actually just start running. Right? They found their feet, they're standing, they're walking. But if they actually start running in this damn series, there's no chance the Rangers can keep up with that. Um, but I do think the Rangers are going to bring their best punch. I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, but I actually think we're actually going to see some goals this game. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's going to be a 5-4 a, a game either way. Um, and uh, it's not the end of the world if the Devils don't win. Um, but I think if the Devils do win, uh, I think they win the series.
1: Yeah, if they win Game Five, I agree with that. I think I'm not even sure it gets to Game Seven at the point. If The Devils win, like especially if it's like, like a convincing like four-one win in Game Five or something like that. I think the Rangers' spirits, their will, would be broken at that point.
0: Yeah. So, um, but I, 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 I'm, I think Game Five is a complete toss-up. I really think the Rangers are going to bring it. They're still a really good hockey team. Mm-hmm. Um, the Devils have figured them out somewhat, but. Listen, Gallant's still a good coach, re- regardless of what you read on Rangers message boards. Um, he's still a good coach, and I expect him to make uh, the necessary adjustments. It, it, we'll, we'll see what the Rangers got, but I, I think they're going to give their best punch in that first first uh, period.
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be a competitive game as well. Even though, like I, I was obviously saying, like the first ten minutes will be telling what the Rangers look like. But I agree with you; like, there's just too many veterans. In that room, and they were through it last year, being up two zero against Tampa. So, like they know, they should know how to. I guess, I guess not because they did lose that series to Tampa. But Tampa's Tampa, but they shouldn't haven't gone through that before. They should know how to deal with it a little better this time around. First, um, first goal
0: is going to be huge. First goal is going to be huge.
1: Yeah, if the Devils get a quick early goal like they did in Game Four, um and get I can that, see that crowd rockin'. going. If yeah, like I can the rock is rocking. Yeah, I could see it unraveling for the Rangers if that happens. Um, So, yeah, it's really going to be interesting. Like you said, I think both teams are going to bring it. um, Wouldn't surprise me if it went to overtime again. I think it could be that kind of a competitive game. Um, So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I agree with you. If it's Devils win game five, I think they got the series.
0: So that's a wrap on episode 29. Um, We're going to record Sunday. I promise we will record Sunday. Sunday could be a, a glorious day. It could be a miserable day, or it could be a very nervous day. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Where, we'll see where these next two games take us. But let's take it one step at a time. Um, and just to be back in this series uh, is incredible. Yeah. Uh, I was. I was. I was. I was miserable. I'm not gonna lie. After Thursday's game, drive home. I was just down it in the It Wasn't dumps. looking good. That's for sure. No, um, but we're back, baby. We're back. Mrs. Fisherman, we back? I heard that in the
1: background. Yes, I did. We're back,
0: baby. We're back. (laughs) Uh, All right. With that, I think we're clean on the hour. Um, Alejandro, great stuff. Everyone, thanks for listening. Um, And we'll chat Sunday. Let's go Devils. Let's go Devils.